Welcome to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. We pray that the following message will help you connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and others. Good morning. I'm Chris Reynolds. I do serve with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Um, For the last 20 years, I pastored Mount Zion Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Georgia. And then March 1st of last year, I transitioned to this job known as Pastor Wellness. And, And Pastor Wellness is simply this. We travel around different portions of the state. We work with churches, we work with pastors and ministry staff, and in working with them, I, my job description is the shortest one I've ever had. It just says be relational and be confidential and walk beside and support our ministers and church staff all over. And, and God has been so gracious. Uh, His grace led me here. His grace led me to work with your search committee, which by the way, is doing a fantastic job We have met twice, and they are not only seeking to be well-equipped, but they're also seeking to be well-equipped to understand what God is saying to the church and the people. So continue to pray for them, continue to support them, and uh, I look forward to all that God's going to do over the next um, weeks and months and years here at Palmetto Baptist Church. I'm also excited that I get to be with you for the next three weeks after today. And uh, that is an exciting thing for me as well. So can I pray? I'm going to pray and then go ahead. Then once I say amen, you can turn in your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 20. And then I'm going to do some introductory words. And then we're going to dive into that, to that book and that chapter of it. So Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are alive and at work. Lord, we thank you for your word, that it's true and sufficient, that it guides us in all things, it corrects us, rebukes us, instructs us. Lord, that if we'll submit ourselves to you and the teaching of your word, that we can live a life that honors you and glorifies your name. And Lord, that we can become what we were created to be. And we thank you for that. Apart from you, we can't. And with you, we can. So Lord, we ask you to join us today in your power in your presence, but also, Lord, we thank you so much that you are personal. You're in this room, but you're in this room for each person. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, whether in the room or online. Lord, we just thank you that we have this opportunity to gather, and in gathering, we can worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this weekend marks the anniversary of of shutdown shelter in place. For those of us who didn't think things could change, last year, one year ago, this weekend, we learned everything can change. We learned that people in a, in a crisis like toilet paper, a lot of toilet paper. In fact, my son-in-law, um, his family owns a janitorial supply company, and I called him and I said, I don't care what else you do for me and my wife in the time that we're on earth and you're married to our daughter, but if I run out of toilet paper, you're toast. So he took care of it and we lived well. So there you go. God does provide. But one of the things that we learned is that things can change and they can change rapidly. And one of the things that you as a church have learned over the last month is that things can change and things can change rapidly. Now, people respond to change a lot of different ways. Some lash out. Some lay back. Some leave out. All of those things happen. And here's what we've got to understand is that change is inevitable. In fact, not all of that change that's inevitable is always good. In fact, if we just look for just a moment here, 
Um, Jesus' brother James taught us in James chapter 1 verse 2 that there will be trials of many kinds. Now if we go through the scripture and we start looking for the trials, we saw the trials of faith such as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We saw the, the trial of failure with uh, David and Bathsheba. We see financial trials with Ananias and Sapphira when they had to struggle with what are they going to give and are they going to be honest about what they're giving. So we see trials, but we don't just see trials, we also see temptations. We could start with Jesus, right? Jesus had to go after the baptism into the wilderness, and uh, Satan tempted him with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It was there. So there are going to be trials. We'll see those trials, and James tells us in 1.13 that there will be temptations as well. You know, the difference between a trial and a temptation, God allows a trial into our life, and if we follow it through and we remain surrendered and faithful, that trial will lead us to more godliness. God allows a temptation who's, who's the instigator is Satan. He, he allows it into our lives because he could stop it, but he allows it. And the, the result of a temptation is if we follow it, it pulls us away from God. So in trials and temptation, our response are the same. Lord, we want you. In temptation, we say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But you see, it's not just trials and temptations we'll face. Jesus said, if your burden is heavy in Matthew 11, take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. And I'm going to tell you something. I have seen more people walk through burdens over the last 12 months than I think I ever have collectively. And so, yes, we do. We go through burdens. And Jesus says, in your burden, I am here for you. But you see, it's not only that. In Ephesians 6.13, Paul would tell us that there's going to be evil. You know, in 6.13, he says, when the evil day comes, I want you to stand. He said, but I want you to do everything. And when you've done everything to stand, what does he say do? Stand up. You see, it's not just enough to prepare to stand. It's in that moment that we have to stand. So if trials come upon you, it's not the question when trials come upon you, when temptation comes to you, when evil comes to you, when burdens come to you, they usually will come to us in a way that we don't understand. But yet now, if we can go ahead and know they're coming, and they often come unannounced. If we can decide now how we're going to respond, then we've got a much better chance at victory and honoring God with our life through them. So that leads us up to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and I'll start reading in verse 1, and we'll work our way through most of the chapter. It says this, it happened after this. Now, that's an interesting word to me, after this. I want to know what the this was that made something happen. In other words, it happened after this, verse 1. So if we go back up to chapter 19 and we look in verses 6 and 7, we see what the this was. And he said to the judges, that's King Jehoshaphat, take heed what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord who is with you in the judgment. And then verse 7, because you don't judge for yourself and you judge for the Lord and the, the Lord is with you now therefore. You've heard the saying, right? You want to know what the therefore is therefore? The therefore is because he's telling us you don't do this for you, you do this for God. Now that's a higher calling. He says there, now therefore let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care and do it for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no partiality nor taking of bribes. 
So it happened after this. It happened to Jehoshaphat after he had made a pretty bold and big statement for God. Enabling the people of Judah to be treated fairly, judged squarely, and to live in prosperity. You know, there's a spiritual principle there that you will find in your life. When you make a big stand for God, what do you think? Watch out, right? Because the devil doesn't like it when we take a stand for God. And when we take a stand for God, those moments will come. You could see it in the New Testament with Jesus and the disciples, remember? It says he put them in the boat to go to the other side. When he put them in the boat to go to the other side, right in the middle of that, there was a storm, right? And in that storm, they were afraid. And Jesus was like, what's up, guys? You just saw me do this. But God led them to it. God allowed it. And God's going to allow storms in your life. He's going to allow trials. He's going to allow burdens. He's going to not isolate you from evil. All of those things are going to be there. So my, so my proposal this morning is because we know they're coming, then we want to be prepared before they get to us. So it says it happened after this. Now, after this, it also says in verse 2, then some came and told Jehoshaphat. That's the surprise, right? He did not know that there were three enemies allied against him. He was doing his king thing. He was ruling the kingdom, making decrees, and sitting there, and all of those things, doing what kings do. And then out of nowhere, some came. And this is what they told him. A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gadi. You, this year, in the last 12 months, have had surprises. You've had surprises where they were shut down. You had surprises of places you couldn't go. You've had surprises, maybe many of you, with job. But certainly, even as a church, in the last month, you've had surprises. I had someone tell me this morning, I didn't know anything was going on. And then one day I show up and I find out that we are now searching for a pastor you don't know and when you don't know that's when we react and I want to propose to you that in our reaction it's a planned reaction which makes it a response not based on emotion but based on who God is and what God has promised he would do for us. The unexpected came. The unexpected for Jehoshaphat was three enemies. Any one of those enemies were greater than the people of Judah. Allied together, it was a wipeout. So here he is in his moment. Now I want to show you what he did. How do we respond? The first thing it says, and Jehoshaphat feared. And can I tell you, I love that. Because man, here's a story from God to us, teaching us what to do when life comes under fire. And the first thing he says, it's okay to be afraid. You see, fear is not the problem. It's our response to fear. That's the problem. We already said it. I want to say it again. In fear and in surprise and in anxiety, some leave, some lash out, some lay back. But God has said, I want you to be more than a conqueror. He said, I want you to put on the whole armor of God. And do you notice something about that armor? All of that armor that God says put on is offensive armor. In other words, it's all in the front. There's nothing that guards the back so that when you turn and run. No, it's all on the assumption that we're going to be marching forward with Jesus. 
And so it says, Jehoshaphat feared. Now look what he did. He says, he feared, but his response to his fear was not to leave, not to lash out, or not to lay back. But he took action, and here's his action. And he set himself to seek the Lord. So step number one, when you are in the middle of it, what do you do? In spite of your fear, in spite of your uncertainty, in spite of your frustration, you seek the Lord. You determine ahead of time, when the stuff happens in my life, I'm going to seek God. He, seek, he said, he, uh, set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to, to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. You see, Jehoshaphat had evidently in his life predetermined that he was going to to be God's no matter what happens and we're going to see that in just a moment even further but right now he says I'm going to seek the Lord but I'm not going to just seek the Lord by myself I'm not going to isolate no I'm going to seek the Lord by calling everybody to come together and we're going to come together over this specific situation which were enemies coming against them But not only are we going to come together, we're going to fast. And you know what fasting is, right? Fasting is when I set aside some time and some activity that I would normally do. And I set aside that time that when, that I will seek God. Some people say it's fasting. Some say it's phone. Some say it's video games. And you can make a list. But whatever it is, you're saying, okay, when I would normally be doing this, I'm not going to do it. And in that time, I'm going to use it to seek God. So Jehoshaphat says, I'm afraid, I got a real problem, I'm going to seek the Lord, but I'm not sure that just me seeking the Lord is all I need to do, I'm going to call everybody together. That's where you are as a church. Individually, you're seeking the Lord, but you need to um, intentionally say, and now together we're going to seek the Lord. Some will do it with fasting, some will do it with praying, some will do it um, in groups, and others may be alone. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you need to um, actively and intentionally agree. We're going to seek the Lord for this that's going on in our life right now. Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. The people responded to the call of him seeking the Lord. But as he's seeking the Lord, I want to show you some things that he did. It said in verse 5, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, in other words, he prayed out loud in front of the people that he asked to assemble. Group prayer, collective prayer, out loud prayer. And you say, well, I don't want to pray for people. Well, or in front of people, I don't want it to be about people. This was not about people. This was about a community of people coming together and they didn't want anybody to doubt who they were leaning on in that moment. It says, so he said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might? so that no one is able to withstand you. Man, he is making a bold declaration of faith. He says, you are God. In your hand is power. He's declaring out loud, God is powerful. But watch this. Now he's also saying in verse seven, are you not our God? See, he is the God, the God over it all, but now he's taking another level. He said, you're not just the God that everybody recognizes, you're my God. God is powerful. God is present. But God is personal. 
And God wants to step into your life this morning. He wants to step into the life of this church this morning. And Jehoshaphat says, you are God, but you're our God. But Jehoshaphat said, I'm going to seek the Lord. He said, you're my God. And then this is how far he's willing to go in following and trusting God in his current situation, which humanly speaking is hopeless. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine. In other words, he's covering all the big things. The anything that could possibly happen. He says, sword, famine, justice, pestilence, no matter what it is, and because God's personal, you fill in the blank for you. I'm going to follow God no matter, and then you fill in the blank. He says, we will follow you. He says, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in the temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Then he got specific to his situation. He said, and now hear the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. So Palmetto Baptist Church, you're in a situation. Many of you have probably run the gamut of emotions. Normal, natural, don't be ashamed of it. But now choose to respond. And the first thing you now to say is, hey, I'm going to seek the Lord. And I'm going to encourage others to seek the Lord with me. And we're going to seek him, find him, search him. We're going to be in this thing. Can I tell you the worst committee meeting in a church is a hallway committee meeting? Hear me. And those people that want to get on Facebook and say, well, I don't know really what happened, but I tell you what, if you'll just tell me, it'll be okay. No. Just no, okay? Man, you're a family. My mama said, don't hang your drawers in public. You don't. And that's what people want. People with no purpose and people who are not really in it for the right reason want to find out so they can be in it for the wrong reason. And this is online, so I understand that. But that's okay. Because truth is truth all the time. Hear me. He says, we're going to seek the Lord. And this is the depth to which we're going to seek the Lord. And then he says, he's going to affirm his trust. You're our God. Commit to follow, no turning back. Drop down with me to verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? He's still praying. For we have no power against this multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Admit your condition. God, if you don't intervene, oh, we're busted. And God, if you don't intervene, I don't know what's going to happen. But God, my eyes are on you. And I'm asking you, God, I'm begging you, God, right now, step into this moment. Step into my life. Step into my relationship with my children, my neighbor. Step into my relationship with my community. God, step into this situation with my finances. God, step into this situation with my church. God, step into this situation with my past. God, I'm inviting you. I don't know what to do. But no matter what comes into my life, sword, pestilence, judgment, famine, God, I want you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew said, in his righteousness. And then these things will be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33. Seek the Lord. You affirm your trust. You admit your condition. But now watch. He's finished praying. And then it said, then. All right. Notice these conditional things. 
There's a situation. Jehoshaphat responds. Jehoshaphat responds by seeking the Lord. He gathers the people. He prays. He says amen. It says then when, when they have confessed their need, when they have declared their allegiance, it says he said amen. It says then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. The son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. Now listen, this is Old Testament. We haven't had Pentecost. And so God resides in the temple and God speaks through a prophet. Now today, God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. God speaks to us through our circumstances. God speaks to us through other people. But in this moment, God needed to raise up a man. Now why he chose to raise up Jehoshaphat, I can't answer that question. But it says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehoshaphat and he said, listen. So seek the Lord, affirm your trust, admit your condition, now listen to what God says. And he says, it goes here, and he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Now he better have been right sure of himself. Because at that moment, him addressing the king without being given permission could have ended his life. The king had that right. And thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Don't you love this? Look, 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 look. What was the first thing that we learn about Jehoshaphat in this situation? He was afraid. What is the first thing that God says to him after he seeks the Lord? God says, you don't have to be afraid. For the battle, it says... Um, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. Palmetto Baptist Church. Palmetto, Georgia. United States of America. You take it as far as you want. The battle is not yours but the Lord's. Now I want to tell you something. Those words preach smooth. They really do. Man, it is easy to stand up and, and say, the battle's not yours, but it's the Lord's. But man, when I take that home and I apply it to my life, it's a lot easier to say than to live. Because here's, here's what I've learned is that, hey God, this is what's going on and I, and I need your help and I, I need your help here, here, and here, but I think I'm going to take care of this one. Or I think I'll just handle that. But God, I'm going to give you everything else. Now, my mom's 82 years old. My mom has dementia. But my mom is a Jesus-loving woman. And my mom taught me from childhood some, some really cool spiritual truths. And one of the spiritual truths she taught me was she took a piece of paper and she drew a heart. Inside that heart, she drew a chair. Outside that heart where that chair was placed, she put me and God. And she said, Chris, there's only one seat in there. Who's going to sit in it in your life? And I wanted to say God. And, and she said, but remember, that's not, that's not a one-time choice. That's an everyday choice. That's a moment-by-moment -moment choice. That's the choice that when things pop up, I make sure that God's on the throne. You say, well, can we share it? No, it's not a two-seater. It's a one-seater. And if I'm on it, God's not. 
Here's another truth from mama. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. I do not like that phrase. I embrace it. I appreciate it. But it flies in the face of my humanity. Because the the culture tells us you get yours. The culture says fight for yours. The scripture says to let God fight your battles. So listen to the Lord. Now, Jehoshaphat has spoken. He says, tomorrow, in verse 16, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Don't flee, but position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So we've got the situation. There's enemies. All are powerful. We've got the response to seek the Lord. We've got the instruction that God gave him. You don't have to fight it. Now, this is where it all comes together. What are you going to do with what God said? You see, you're really at a fork in the road at this moment. Um, am I going to do it my way? Or am I going to do it God's way? Now, Jehoshaphat said, I'm going to do it God's way. And if God's way leads to sword, famine, justice, or uh, whatever it was, and pestilence, judgment and pestilence, I'm willing to take that because I'd rather be right with God than right with man. And so now his choice. Now, what choice does he make? Let's look at it now. In verse 18, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Do you see what choice he made? He could have said, hey, warriors, go sharpen your, uh, your spears. Go make sure you've got a lot of arrows. Let's go lay some snares and some traps and figure out how to surprise them. That's what he could have done. Instead, what he did was he bowed his head. Now, for a type A personality who just needs to keep going and make it happen and get it done, man, that is not how they think. But he bowed his head, and when the leader bowed his head, the people followed. We say, am I the leader? I think everybody in this room is a leader. Every one of us have influence, and that's all leadership is. Leadership is influence. And so every one of you are a leader, so now you're at that fork in the road. How are we going to live this out? How are we going to handle it? Are we going to go get the warriors? Or are we going to bow down in worship? Now, that's not inactivity because what did God say? Go to this place, stand there, and see what I do for you. So you've got to seek him and God's going to give you instruction. And when God gives you instructions, you go stand there because the battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. So that's what he did. He, He bowed his head. Now, let's keep going. Then the Levites... That's the worship leaders of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. There was a 
a declaration, bow my head, there was an affirmation, we're going to sing it out loud, we're going to say, not only if this is what we have decided individually, but collectively now, God, you are God, God, you're the one who's going to fight this battle, we stand still waiting for you. So they rose early in the morning. Why did the story skip to here? Because what it said, tomorrow go down against them, right? Didn't say this afternoon. It didn't say when you get ready. There was clear instruction in the morning. And they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa and they went out and Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, in this case was Jehaziel, and you shall prosper. He gathered them together that morning and he threw out a key word, believe. Believe in this sense, it's not the mental assent that there is a God and he is holy. This is affirming that there is a God and that he is holy and that there's only one, and for us in New Testament, there's only one way to God and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. It is the mental understanding of that, but the belief here is living it out by action. Living it out by demonstration of faith. Living it out by saying, whether it comes sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, I am God's. So when I ask you this morning, this is a very personal question. We said that God is powerful, God is present, and God is personal. And in that personal, it's a relationship. And there's some questions we have to answer. How am I going to respond? Whether it's COVID, family, personal, or church. How am I going to respond? It says that they rose early in the morning, they went out and then they stood and Jehoshaphat said, hear me, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established and you will prosper. Verse 21 says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So it's admit your condition, it's listening to God, it's receive the word, meaning believe it, and then it's obey God. Now, here's the thing. God kept his promise. I'm not done, but I'm gonna go to the end. God kept his promise and the children of Judah, the people of Judah won the battle. But that wasn't the victory. The victory was the decision to trust God before they really knew the outcome. The decision was to say, we will follow, we will obey. And how did they demonstrate their obedience? They put the choir in front of the warriors. (laughs) Now, God made a promise. Jehoshaphat believed that promise. And so why would he put the choir in front of the warriors? Because if he had put the warriors in front, don't you think there would have been a temptation to say, well, I'm not really sure who won that battle. Was it our warriors or was it God? And he did not want any question about who won the battle. 
He wanted to know and people to know that when, now look, this is what it says, now when, have you ever been guilty of, hey God, I want to obey you just as soon as you act, I'll jump on board, I'll get in the bandwagon, but what did God say, what did God do, now when they began to sing, their belief became action. God began to work. Now, how did it end? Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir turned against each other and they wiped each other out. God kept his word. God kept his promise. It was such a wipeout that it took several days, if you kept reading the story, that it took several days to actually gather all the loot. But please, please don't leave this message. Don't leave church today thinking that the victory was the wipeout. The victory was the obedience. The victory was believing God. The victory was seeking God in the midst of turmoil. And that's where we close. To seek the Lord is to call on Him. And the scripture is pretty clear that the first thing we need to call is we need to call on God for salvation. Salvation by scripture is only one way. Jesus said it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Online, in the room. If you don't have the assurance of salvation, if you're asking today, if my life ended today, would I, would I, would I go to heaven? Then I don't want you to leave without answering, at least posing that question and, and, and being introspective for just a moment. Am I born again? And I promise you there are people here that would love to have that conversation. Online, if you can just comment, make, go to the comments and say, I want to know more. Somebody will respond to you very soon. We can have that conversation. But for the person that's born again, for the person that says, check, I got that. I understand it. I know what you're saying. And Pastor Chris, I'm, I'm tracking with you. What is my response? Seek the Lord. Admit your condition. Receive the word. Listen to God. Obey him. And so I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm a little bit struggling with how to close this, but I'm not struggling on this. I have preached since June in a different church almost every Sunday. I love doing it, but I have never been more excited than I am today to be in this room because I believe with all of my heart that God wants to take you right where you are. If you'll seek him, he wants to pour himself out and he wants to be a healer, a comforter, a giver of peace. But I also think that he wants to give you a, a new dream. He's not done with you. He's ready to work and he's looking for people the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's looking for those who will say, let's don't cut it off here, but let's just step up on those shoulders and keep going forward. So if you're not born again, um, and just I'm going to pray, and then after I pray, we're going to stand. And once we stand, if you're not born again, man, I want you to come running. Come running to the front. If you need a church home, man, I can tell you this would be a good place to join. But I also want to invite you 
to just say, starting today, I'm going to follow the model of Jehoshaphat. I'd love to, for some of you to just come feel this front and just cry out to God. You may be more comfortable right where you are. That's cool with me. But will you join me in praying for you that God's work would not only continue but would blow up and that he would use us for it? So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word, that it's true, that it don't change, and it is rock solid. And, God, that we can build our lives on your word. Lord, I pray for Palmetto Baptist Church. Lord, I pray for a healing from Jehovah Rapha. Lord, I pray for peace and help. But God, courage and integrity and honor. And Lord, that, this, that people that ride by here without even being aware would know that there is something going on, something different. God, that people would be drawn here and being drawn here, they'd be drawn to Christ. Lord, unite us in your word. Unite us through your Holy Spirit. And God, you tell us as much as it's possible, let us live at peace with one another. We ask and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.